Hello and welcome back to the For Foot Sake podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Bristow, and on today's podcast, we have three returning guests. First returning guest is simply DGR. Diego, welcome back to the podcast. How are we doing? How are we doing, man? Good to be back. Diego, how did your first weekendly go back on Ultimate Team? Uh, it was it was a roller coaster ride. Uh, we started well, and then it went bad, and then it went well again. You know, we went from a three-game winning streak, three-game losing streak, won four in a row, lost three in a row. I went through a whole team change, tactics change in the middle of the weekend, which I never, never, like, suggested for anyone. But it was – it was different. I'll tell you that I, I got really used to the rivals gameplay, which for the most part has actually been pretty consistent this year for me. And uh, even the playoff was, and then I just got into the weekend league and it just, it got so slow, uh, a lot of more button delay than I was used to some that I had to adjust to, but it was a roller coaster ride, but we got to rank two, which I said at minimum, I got to hit rank two because I wouldn't feel good about myself. You know, getting eight wins and getting a team of the week pack, it just doesn't feel right. So uh we got twelve, we got thirteen and seven. So rank two secured. Hopefully getting rank one here next week. But uh it was it was different to say the least. What uh what players in your team did you get rid of halfway through? Any fraudulent players you found? Um Joao Felix, I got rid of him. I, I the thing is we haven't really packed anything on the road to glory so far. We've traded in the first few weeks, and then I saw how many coins I had. And I got lazy. And then I realized I can't upgrade to the next tier. It's kind of like that middle ground. It's really hard this year to upgrade to that next level. So I had to change up um, the front attackers. I had gone down. I was using Kingsley Coleman, trying to get the Bundesliga links. Uh, I just ended up going cheap. I took uh, La Liga options. I got Vinicius Jr. in. Uh, I had Benzema packed. I just used him as a cam for the time being. But I ended up switching them. I went... I got Vinny and Benzema in, which helped a lot uh, just because the skills and the dribbling, which I feel is so necessary this year. And from there, honestly, it, it really did help us out. I was able to finally bag some goals away. I think the defending was fine. I had a full Bundesliga back line, which is very good this year, but it's just the countering. Once I was finally able to kind of slow down the countering, the wins were able to come back. But so far, countering and uh, scoring in the box are uh, the big issues that I hopefully can figure out soon. Yeah, that was one thing. I know a lot of people this year said that that the countering wasn't really too much of an issue, but definitely like going into the first weekend league and with rivals and stuff, it feels like the three balls are still there this year. Even though a lot of people said that they were kind of they got rid of them a little bit, but we'll have to see what happens. And anything changes with the first patch, but we'll get into that. The second returning guest here is Teddy One Two Seven. Teddy, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Glad and, to be back. And Teddy, for you, how did your weekend league go? I got ranked two. Uh, it was very stressful weekend league. If anyone watched my stream, I, I got angry multiple times. I don't know how to score. Uh, I get mad when I score 30 yards out because it just doesn't make sense. Uh, I'll I have Lewandowski as my striker. That man should be bagging a goal from 10 yards out, but I, I can't do it. it. It was stressful, but I, I got ranked two, so I was pretty happy about that. Nice. I think rank two again is. I guess it's a it's an, it's a a good little rank to get. Okay. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Calm down. But I no, Teddy. For you, any players stood out for you? Any players players that you found fraudulent? Uh, I have Vinicius Junior. His inform. I'm obsessed with that card. I I don't know what it is, but for some reason, when I do skill moves with him, it just looks so cool. I don't know if it's dribbling or he has some like <laughs> random flare trait. It just looks really cool. I also had uh, Jesus, Gabriel Jesus, 
team of the week. That card was amazing. And it's probably those two. They most likely both of them carried me to rank two. Yeah, I know they were both very expensive cards, but it does come in handy when you're a half-decent trader like yourself as well. And our last returning guest is Zelonius. Zelonius, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me back, Max. Been looking forward to this. And Zell, I know you're another rank two merchant this week, but I know you had a very cheap team. So how did your first weekly experience go this year? Yeah, you're the best player on the podcast this week, Max. I didn't want to I didn't want to say it, but um thanks for yeah. pointing it out. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird one. Um echo some of what Diego and Teddy said that. I think Diego was saying that the gameplay I found very different. Some games just horrible delay. Some games just felt different. Um, champs compared to rivals. Um, I was using like, it's basically 100k team plus Marcus Lorente that I'd got from rivals rewards. And I decided to play 4-3-1-2 to begin the weekend with. And yeah, that just didn't work very well in delay with overlapping fullbacks getting countered. So I started for the first time ever, 0 2 I've, I think I'd only lost the first game in Weekend League once before, in five years, never mind two in a row. So I went back to 4 4 2, and I think I went 15 and 2, then lost the last game against like a 6 million team with my boys. But um, yeah, Immobile up front was definitely not the one. And Teddy, you was on about Vinicius Jr. Um, he has his own animations because he was one of like the EA next gen stars. So he has his own like unique, but that's why he probably feels like that. That makes sense. He's one of the coolest cards I've ever used. Yeah, he plays a bit different. You know, like Neymar turns and plays different. It's a little bit like that. He'll have his own unique body type. I nearly said something, but I was like, I haven't even been introduced yet. So <laughs> but it's, that's, that's the new Hypermotion stuff, isn't it? I think, um, which I don't know is only on, I don't know if Finney's going to have the stuff it's, it's on. It's just Aldi. next year. Yeah. So they, be- no, they still do. Like last year, Neymar still had his own animations. It's probably just more exaggerated on next year. I've not even played Old Gen. People keep telling me it's way better, but. I've not tried it yet. Yeah, it's one of them. I know I've experienced a little bit of old gen, but I don't know. It's, like I said, it's the main thing is if you've got a next gen console, why not use it? You don't snap on yes, back to it. That's my answer. Yeah. Um, and obviously, obviously, the all the pro stuff this year is on new gen anyway, so kind of no point going back to it. And Zell, obviously, you're now part of Excel. Can you kind of go through kind of what your role is um, with Excel? Yeah, so rank two. Um, first week as a retired ex-pro player seems fitting I guess <laughs> um, yeah I've been in the FIFA scene for like four years full time as a pro player but um, XL Esports one of the biggest esport teams in the UK um, for anyone who follows like League of Legends they're in the League of Legends European franchise very big esport team they approached me like probably like May April time saying they wanted to get into FIFA going into FIFA 22 and I'd been recommended by someone they knew. So I talked to them and ended up, um, yeah, over the summer, helping them build their FIFA team for the new year. Um, Gorilla and Tom, anyone who's into FIFA esports probably knows both those two players, very good players. And yeah, my role basically has been the FIFA manager at Excel. I still like stream represent them as content creator kind of, but yeah, FIFA manager is now my role, I guess, in one of the biggest esports teams in the game. How would you say, is it a lot, is it a lot different being kind of like a manager compared to a pro now? Do you find yourself kind of looking at the game a little bit differently or not? I guess like when um, I play now, I can piss about a bit more. I don't really care <laughs> as much because it doesn't really matter. Like I wouldn't have been playing with Immobile and a Road to Glory my first weekend if I was trying to compete still. Um, so I can take the game a bit less seriously. Anyone who watches my stream will know that 
I'm competitive. I get pretty annoyed at the game at times, whereas now, yeah, I still get annoyed a bit, but I care a lot less. I can have a bit of fun with it. Um, what was the question again? There was another part I was going to say. Have you kind of looked at the game differently, kind of being like a, a manager or a coach now? Uh, what's my train of thought? There was something else I was going to say. <laughs> um, yeah, I've lost my train of thought, sorry. <laughs> That's fun. I know you did a bit of coaching last year, though, um, with Jaden, didn't you? Near the end of the Yeah, yeah Jaden, who's at NFG, or was at NFG and moved to 11s now. Um, yeah, that was going two years in a row. I helped players qualify for the World Championships and they got cancelled two years in a row. Fair enough, the reason COVID, but that was pretty frustrating. I think, though, we've got a pretty good roster at XL this year with Tom and Gorilla that I think have a very good chance of getting there. So, yeah, I'm very excited for these. Well, that was what I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say that I've gone from now, like previous years, can pretty much within reason work whenever I want make videos when I want to stream where I want whereas now that I'm part of a team as a manager I have like meetings during the day that I have to be at um, set times to be on calls and I guess a lot more admin work and stuff so it's a lot more professional now I guess <laughs> and I, like when I was a pro I'd put a lot of time into the game obviously but I could do it whenever I wanted whereas now I've got a bit more of a set work schedule which is probably good now that I'm a father as well so yeah a bit more responsibility but now, hopefully, yeah. hopefully it's a successful year for you and the team and obviously we'll see how things go with that as well. But I do want to get right into things now and kind of, I mean, I know I've kind of gone through your guys' opinions on chance and how your first weekend league went, but I want to kind of get your ideas. Do you think the change with champs this year has been successful? I know we've only gone through one already. And it's kind of an early opinion, but Teddy, I'll start with you first with this one. Do you think the chance format change has been good so far this year? Ah... Uh... I mean, it's cool that if you do qualify for weekend league, the rewards are, I mean, they're amazing. Basically, you get eight wins in that's elite. You get a premium team of the week pack. So I, I think that factor is pretty sick. But the qualifying is a bit tricky. I was sweating so hard. I actually put a towel on my desk because it was it was so, so sweaty. I... It came down to my last game, 118th minute. Serginho Dest, team of the week, got the game winner. But, I mean, I guess it makes sense. They want champs to be maybe harder to qualify for, more competitive. But then when it comes to weekend league, it's not really, I guess, where pros are going to go for being competitive. I mean, no offense, but Brista, you got rank one. So, clearly, it's not just for the pros only. Um, <laughs> no, I would, I would agree with that too. Honestly, like I said I failed first time in qualification and then what ended up going 16 and two, get a rank one in the Wigan league. And I'm like, how the hell is qualifying so much difficult compared to the actual weekend league itself, which again, should be harder with people, only the best of the best going through into the actual, like the actual finals of the weekend league, which is interesting. Again, obviously, like I said there, the pros aren't taking it as seriously. But the main reason behind that really is now that the pros don't need to do well in weekend league to then qualify for events in the future, rivals determines that. So again, weekend league isn't the important thing anymore, which kind of is a big thing because why is it harder? But it doesn't matter as much anymore. It seems a bit strange, but I guess the hardness of the playoffs make the rewards that are easy to get kind of more worthwhile in the long run, if you get what I'm saying here. But 
it's an interesting one. We'll see how it goes throughout the year and whether they'll change it. That's what I kind of like about the seasons thing this year, where we've got like six week seasons. And again, if they want to change it in the next lot of in the next lot of six weeks, then they might do that. But we'll have to see how it goes. But Teddy, did you, how did you find the playoffs yourself? Did you qualify first time? Yeah, I qualified first time. So I mean, I guess that means I'm better than you, but I don't know. That's not how the world works. Did you get rank one but didn't qualify first time? Yeah, I didn't qualify first time. I I went through qualification on I think the Wednesday before the full game came out. So many people the uh, had it. a lot more. Stuff, but you lost more games in the playoffs than the actual week in league. Yeah, that's crazy. That was that was a mad thing about it. That's what I don't get. Yeah. It was uh, it's a crazy thing. I appreciate you guys bringing it up as well. Uh, but Zell, for you, do you think Champs has been successful as far as the changes they've made this year or not? It's one of these, like, I think one thing that pros are very bad at generally, and I can say this as an ex-pro now, I can slander them all, <laughs> is that they're very bad at looking at different perspectives. Um, maybe some of them aren't as old as well, so maybe don't have as much life experience, and a lot of them probably haven't worked full-time jobs, things like that. I think I've always tried to see both sides from the person who's in Div 10 comes home as a beer, plays a couple of games a night to the person who is their job that I've, I don't like um, how weekend league's been changed in the sense of pros now it's just irrelevant now for me in the sense the rewards, like Teddy said the rewards are great, whereas if I'm looking at it with the like, so I'm not a pro anymore, retired but I'm still, I'll still hit rank 1 pretty much every week on my main account now and it's just there's no excitement with the rewards there already was it already felt like that even with the ultimate team of the week packs folks they're that bad so to nerf the rewards at the top end really bad for a competitive pro player it's not fun at all it kind of just kills weekend league i think they could fix that by adding rewards for 18 and 20 wins i think that'd be a lot better if you put 18 wins you maybe get two more ultimate packs than 20 wins you get three ultimate packs and an ultimate team of the week pack, I think that would make it a lot more exciting and make every game feel a lot more. Like I went 15-5 playing in bad gameplay, playing awful with a really, really bad team. So give me my actual 15 mil team. I'm going to hit rank one every week all year, which, and I'll do it for fun. <laughs> That's just being honest in the sense yeah, of like, yeah, it's not right. exciting. Whereas if the 18-20 wins, it adds a lot. Whereas I look at the other end, like Teddy said, the rewards are really great for just lesser players, I guess. Like they, you can get, I think the rank five rewards you can get by quitting 20 games. That's great. Like the rewards are decent. It's not how, it's nice that people can get premium team of the week pack now. But I've always said that I don't even think weekend league should be locked. I don't think you should have to qualify for it at all. I've always said if you pay 50 pounds for a game, you should get full access to every mode that anyone else gets. doesn't mean you should get access to the elite division because it does have to be some tier system in like certain modes but if you're not locked from getting to the elite division other than by skill whereas in this you literally miss out the whole mode do you get what i'm saying in rivals you get to the division based on where you're at um i would change it so everyone plays in weekend league people say oh well the worst players will just lose every game well they wouldn't because there'll be more people like them playing um and then the playoffs instead of calling it the playoffs and using it to qualify take the stress out, make it more fun and just call it like foot champs warm-ups and maybe do little like similar like 10 games. Maybe if you get a set like nine or 10 wins, you can get like a cool card for free. It doesn't have to be like a 
crazy game breaking card. They're not going to give you R9 in it. But just something like that, I think the changes I've suggested would make it a lot better for pros. Casuals would all, all the way down to people who can't qualify and enjoy it more. Because if you can't make weekend league now, the rewards are really, really bad to get anywhere without spending a lot of money or trading. Um, and then in terms of rivals, I think it's I've said for a long time I want to see a like leaderboard based on that. The pro scene shouldn't be based on one-off weekends. It should be based on consistently playing against other elite division players. That's good. I could talk for hours on the issues with it. With You can do 2v2 to get to the top of the leaderboard for 1v1 qualifying. You can cherry pick. Um, you can play PS4 version of the game to avoid pros playing. the Because all the pro scenes on next gen this year. So you can play old gen PS4 to be on the PS5 leaderboard. Um, yeah, I, I just, I think it's better for, probably better for hardcore players who aren't top players because I think it's hardcore players who play weekend league, but maybe weren't good enough to get the top rewards. Now they can get pretty good rewards. Whereas for casuals, they're still missing out on weekend league. And then pros, there's just, it's kind of killed content now. There's no excitement. There's not that 20 and 0 hype to get top on the leaderboard. So, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it suits me down to a T now. I can get I can get rank one, I can get two premium team of the week packs, whatever. But again, I got I got the sixteen and two and I was like I went through it and I was like, honestly, out of those games, there was not many games there that I was like, Well, this is really tough. Like I'm really struggling here. And again, I think it comes down to matchmaking again, it's ten less games, so ten less opportunities to play someone good as well. But it's a weird one too. Like I I love I, that. I love how quick it is now. Yeah, that's it's only four that, hours. I don't. I don't want ten to twelve hours every week. And that, again, that's much better for people who don't have the time to commit every week. And I like that. I think that's a good improvement from it. I like that you don't have people rubber banding now because they're getting rivals points if they don't quit. I'm glad they've removed that type of stuff. So people quit a lot more, give wins. That's a lot better as well. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see in the future how it kind of turns. I, I I genuinely think myself that they will change something going into the next season, whether it's qualification points, things like that, to make kind of give more people the opportunity to get into the weekend league. Because again, the people who would say, like I said, I, I fed a qualify and then got rank one. There's a lot of people obviously out there who prefer to qualify two or three times who would then have to miss at least one weekend league in this season. And people will keep failing to qualify, especially in these low divisions too. You don't get many qualification points, even with wins anyway. So it's hard enough to get to the, the 1,500 points in the first place, let alone trying to get that again, even if you fail the first one. So we'll see. I th I think personally it will change, but we're going to have to wait and, t wait and see until season two. And Diego, for you as well, do you think the changes of chance have been successful or not? Uh, I mean, I, honestly, Zaloni has kind of like hit off perfectly. It just, it's all on the perspective because, I mean – the pro players, obviously, it, I think the rewards in general, I like them. Um, it's it's cool content in terms of opening, like the guys that can get in. I think the they're not casual, but it's the the average players. I think eight wins is super achievable for them every week, and I think those rewards are great. It'll help their teams a lot, and then they'll be able to get to twelve wins super easily with you know better teams. And honestly. I don't think the matchmaking is too, too difficult. It's just the the change of gameplay, which people are going to have to get yeah. uh, used to. But then obviously it hurts because obviously looking at these guys that got 30 wins uh, last year, I tried to chase 30. It's the excitement, right? Pushing past 27. And now this year to know that once you hit 16, it's just, it's dead. 
right? Like there's nothing to it. I could go 16 and 0. And if I somehow went 20 and 0, I, what can I do? Tweet about it? Like, I'm not going to get anything out of that. I'm not a pro player. I try and play competitively. I feel like I can play against anyone, but by no means am I a pro player in any sense. Now the rivals um, format, I think that's really, really good. I like everything about it. Um, I think it rewards you pretty well. And the idea that you don't have to play 30 rivals games or all that, like it's seven rivals games, seven rivals wins in a week, and you're already getting the best in in your rank. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's, really nice it's honestly it's limiting your time within the game it's made ea's made it to where we have to play or not have to but if we want to play less and still be able to be eligible for the best rewards that's possible which is nice but it's nitpicking like we always used to look forward to the weekends right like this is it like i'm going to be playing the best players i'm going to be playing these pro guys that i used to match up with twice a weekend or every other weekend and now i just feel like you know right 16 it's it's doable and once you hit that then i gotta go into games and i gotta give away wins I, the, the you can't even end it that'd be cool if you could just realistically all right you hit 16 you hit 12 right you hit the little end finals we'll give you the losses you're done and i gotta go in the games i gotta give some wins away it just it takes away from it a little bit you know but I think they could add, like Zelonia said, I love the 18 win, 20 win. That immediately changes the whole structure of weekend league with those two and uh, minimum requirements. I think same thing. We were talking before the podcast here a little bit. Uh, Minimum ratings on the team of the week packs and red picks. I think that will immediately start bringing people back. For the higher ranks, if you get better red, get like an 84. If you got 18 wins, you get an 84 plus guaranteed. If you get 20, you get like an 87 plus maybe so you definitely get in one big pick it just adds exactly. more hype to it and those players are, are really good i mean they're already most likely using really good players or they're really good using super cheap teams like zelonius you're getting rewarded with somebody really high rated so i mean it makes sense i don't see how a casual player could also be like that's not fair he gets a you know guarantee he got 20 wins you got eight so i mean let's it, it, i think it's really hard to try and balance it you got to look at different perspectives but definitely Top end's underwhelming, but in terms of average level player, I think it's great. So it's just fixing that top tier, really. Yeah, but that's one thing. That, one thing I was going to say that I don't think I've even seen mentioned by anyone in on any platform so far as well is that before weekend league used to be so good for watching pros content. As someone who could hit top 100 quite regularly, it was probably my best time for viewership. Anyone who was like an elite plus player, it probably was as well. Because the, especially the second half of Weekend League, you used to get really tough games. It was always good matchmaking because you had that form where you got to plus 15. When you get to plus 15 now, that's it. You're done. Whereas before, like on the last two thieves, I think where it's 30, uh, 30 wins, I would get to 15 and 0, 14 and 1 pretty much every weekend. And then it would get really tough. I'd pretty much always get there without an issue. And then every game from there was tough. Whereas now, like I said, I went 15-5 with a really bad team. If I'd been on my main account, that was pretty comfortable 20-0 without really a tough game. Whereas because the form's gone now, it just kills high competitive content on the weekend. Because people probably aren't going to play much rivals on the weekend, even top players, because they're doing weekend league. But you don't... You know when, like, Tex is on 15K viewers and people are seeing if you can hit a 30 or Anders on nearly 100K at times keeping his streak up because he was matching pros and they were trying to snipe him and beat him. That's not going to happen anymore because the form 
to get that match is there's 10 less games. It's just not there anymore. Yeah, it's an interesting shift to be fair. Again, like I said, a lot of people don't always think about the pro side of things as well. I think a lot of people who watch yeah. FIFA a lot of time, they don't they don't know pros. Some of them, they don't they don't even watch the pro players. But again, the pros are kind of who who should kind of kind of mold the game as we go forward. They know the ins and outs and the mechanisms, whatever, within the game. But again, definitely the weekend league, again, I don't think right now is catered for the pro player. Definitely, again, like I said, there's no extra bonus for going 20-0 or getting like a top rank, whatever. It almost seems like weekend league. I'm not saying weekend league is like a, a squad battles, but weekend league is just an additional mode within ultimate team to, in order to get rewards. And again, rivals is that now kind of that competitive mode that weekend league used to be um, and isn't anymore. And again, like I said, Diego there as well, with trying to get the extra wins or trying to give losses away or whatever. I, it took me, I think, between half an hour to 45 minutes to find two games at the end of Weekend League to give away. It, it took way too long to find a game. And that's the issue, like, trying to find those games at the end of the weekend because I think everyone does it so early as well, which is interesting. But, yeah, matchmaking at times, for some reason, felt really hard just trying to find one game. And, I guess I it's North America, isn't it? In certain regions, I'm seeing pros who are, like, in Division One taking four hours to find a game to get to the elite division yeah and that, that's what happened like, with me as well in Europe yeah. it's fine I've had no issue getting games but people can't get co-op games in high divisions take hours to find games in the elite division so which isn't fun two weeks into the launch spending more time waiting for a game uh, elite division problems eh <laughs> but I do want to kind of go on to the next topic here we're going to go over ones to watch off to review it a little bit I know ones to watch is always the first kind of big promo within FIFA and I feel like this year it's been changed up a little bit Teddy I want to go to you first I know you've been sitting there patiently waiting for your turn here Teddy but what have you made of the ones to watch promo this year and especially comparing it to previous years of ones to watch it's it's ones to watch I mean I think it's cool it's the first promo of the year but like I don't think anyone ever goes crazy about one swatch. I will say it has probably been one of the best one swatch promos we've ever had. We have Ronaldo and Messi. Like that's ridiculous. But um, I mean, it's almost like it's headliners because it's, I think five wins out of 10 or so games gets you an upgrade. So that's pretty interesting. But I mean, as it's going to take probably one or two months for these cards to get those upgrades, if they don't get a team of the week, and then at that point, we're going to have more promos coming, better cards. So it's, you know, it's ones to watch. It's not like the craziest promo, but it's cool with some of the cards that we did get in it. Yeah, that's the one thing too. Again, it's it's better this year because of the extra wins, but it's going to probably be at least, I'd imagine, two months minimum for some of these to even get maybe their wins. And if they don't get it, it's same as previous years as well. And Teddy, for you though, have you packed any of these cards or any of these cards that you think will be good in the future with an upgrade or two? Oh, that's a great question. I think, you know, this is going to be embarrassing. Um, his name is Burgoose. Burgoose. I packed that guy. Netherlands right winger. I quick sold him. That's it. That's I packed Luxoff. That's the only one. Only one. I've played a bunch of drafts, done SBCs. That's the only dude. I got bad luck. Who did you get in your ones to watch pack as well? Did you do that? I got Dumfries. So another Netherlands player, you know? So you've not done Super there. exciting. No, linked to each other, Bergwies and Dumfries on that right wing. Useless. I like Cancelo and Mares. That's my play. Yeah, they're a bit better. Too fair. Also, I know uh, I know that Bergwies was going around a lot in the trading community, too fair, because he was discard price. But 
To be fair, I think he went up a little bit the other day to like 12, 12k because they were playing like Gibraltar, I think. But yeah, some of these some of these ones to watch cards again, it was a great promo for these like top tier players, again, the Ronaldo's and Messi's. But there was a hell of a lot of players who were like discard price and will be discard price for a long, long time. I opened my ones to watch pack today and got a Furpo again. Another discard price ones to watch. So hopefully, hopefully these guys get upgrades, but Again, wants to watch is always an interesting one to begin with. Diego, for you as well, what have you made of wants to watch, and do you think it's been better this year with the additional wins wins for a another upgrade? Uh, yeah, I think it's cool, right? Because I know every year, right, there's always that group of wants to watches that never gets any type of upgrade. So, like, you're at least hopefully looking at a team upgrade. Um, I think wants to watch every year is always just it's a decent promo. EA don't really go all out on that because they know. They got to keep us interested throughout the year. I think it's more flashy, like, you know, the potential of these cards, right? And especially with a transfer window like this past summer, I think the cards, the selection is super dope. It's cool. Um, I don't think, right, obviously we didn't get any lightning rounds, any any of that. Uh, no preview promo packs yet. Um, I'm assuming we'll see that at the end of October when we get the first true, true promo that they want to go all out for. Um, I thought it was decent. There's some decent cards in there. Um, I I have had zero luck. I literally only had my guaranteed ones to watch, and it was Locatelli, so I guess I've got an upgraded fodder card. I don't, I don't really know much more than that, but uh, I, I think it's, it's all right. It's cool. I think they could have done a little bit more with SBC menus. Um, I know they obviously don't want to go all out, I will say what I have enjoyed throughout this promo is the 78 plus upgrade um, value wise. It is really nice. They're a little bit to grind, but I think they're well worth it. Uh, that was probably the main thing that stuck out to me. And uh, as we're recording this today, today was probably the worst day of content uh, that's been released so far in terms of actually giving us something. We got a kit and uh, <laughs> a draft token that, I don't even know. I thought it was, you know, maybe a, a miss a mishap. Like, I don't know why it was 84 rated, but if you guys want to play a draft, you can go ahead and get a token for 20K. So, you know, have at it. Yeah, the draft one was, was crazy. I know people probably have fodder on the club, but the fact that it costs more than it costs to enter the actual draft itself is mad. But yeah, going off the SPCs too, I think I'm very surprised they released an upgradable, like, I mean, an upgrade pack, whatever, SBC, this early in the year. I know it's only 78 rated, but it's kind of nice of that a little bit. But also, there's not been many SPCs for ones to watch cards. And the ones they've released, apart from kind of one album, none of them have been that good, really. I know we had an MTT the other day with the flashback, but the actual ones to watch cards themselves the, in the SPCs haven't been exciting. They've not been kind of top tier. And they could have done a lot more of that, which I guess we might get to with the next promo or so, but been a strange one there but Diego any other cards that you kind of like the look up and you look of and you may pick up in the future from the ones to watch promo um within the ones to watch promo honestly I like Rodrigo DePaul uh he's very good on the international level and for his club and obviously with the links to Llorente and just uh Correa also is a really cheap budget striker who I think can still play on into this next upcoming weekend league for guys that are trying to you know, find budget players. I like Correa a lot this year. And I think DePaul, given the perfect link and obviously his role with his team, I could see him getting a few upgrades this year. Uh, he just should be in this team of the week. 
Yeah, exactly. Sure. I saw he was predicted to get in this week. Uh, yeah. He's a, a phenomenal card. He's honestly one I'm looking at. And, you know, sadly, listen, I, I've got hope in my club, but if we can get things rolling a little bit, I could see Memphis getting himself a few upgrades. But other than that, um, those are probably the two that probably stand out to me the most in terms of value of who'd be worth. Yeah, Memphis is a nice one. I think he should get a team of the week this week. I've seen from a lot of people. But again, I know Memphis has been doing great for Barca and obviously does very well for his country. But yeah, he could be nice with the upgrades of being five-star, three-star. But again, Barca are too fair. They are pretty sure, I mean, I'm confidently say they're a doubt to get the five out of 10 wins too, which again, every any other year beforehand, you would say, well, no chance. But yeah, this year, I think they might actually fail to do the five out of 10. So we'll see there. Um, but yeah, some nice little cards there. I think upgrades on these should help a lot of them. But you always do get nervous when once the watch comes out that half of these cards will never see an upgrade. But at least with the wins this year, there's still a little possibility there for a certain player or two. And Zell, for you, I know once the watch doesn't bring any kind of amazing players to the game, doesn't really give us uh, more usable players. But what have you made of the once to watch promo so far this year? Like Teddy said, it's cool in terms of the players in it. But all that does for me is just make them a bit more expensive on the gold cards. Obviously, EA can only do what they can do based off the real-life transfer. They're not going to give us any cool promos at the start. For me, it's a boring, awful promo. That's been slightly better because the five wins, but if I'm being realistic, you're probably not seeing that till mid-late November because this is it. we get a few international breaks around this time, and by then they're already outdated. And... EA historically purposely don't give one to watch cards upgrades. I can't think of an example, but I know for a fact in the past I've seen cards that they were nailed on for a team of the week and they just didn't get it. Like they just refused to give these cards team of the weeks a lot. Maybe they'll do it a bit better this year. I don't know, but I'm not going to get too excited about an 85 to pie getting maybe two in forms and maybe five wins and being an 88 with a three-star week for, by March. There's not any of these cards that I think will be in anyone's team. Um, maybe Ronaldo and Messi could be because they might be better than the best team of the week out, but they'll just be overpriced. Then, do you know what I mean? Yeah, for me, it's a promo. I just don't care. I like the promos where you get Cards get new weak for If it was a pie with a four-star weak for an extra five pace, yeah, that'd be exciting. It'd suddenly become really good. But ones where they upgrade weak foot skill moves, um, make players who aren't very good, like, say, I'll always use him, Jack Grealish, give him 90 pace, four-star weak foot is great. But for me, one to watch isn't really too exciting. I I would be kind of interested to see why they don't give them the first boost already on the ones to watch card itself to give it more of a kind of an advantage of having that card to its gold card. I don't know why they don't include that maybe in future years. Because um, again, some of these cards might not get an upgrade at all. So why not just give them that initial one? But yeah, again, I guess for the top players, these players aren't any better than the gold cards. They won't get an upgrade. Some of them have had an upgrade already. I know Locatelli and Taliska had their first two upgrades. But again, those aren't players that you're going to see rocking around in the, the elite division of rivals anyway. You're not going to see Locatelli anywhere, are you? Let's be honest. Other I mean, than just because you liked him at the Euros. Maybe, you know, he might be chucked in a few SPCs here and there. But yeah, apart from that, I don't think he'll be in, <laughs> be in any teams in the weekend league. But I do want to go over to kind of the next patch. I know the patch hasn't come out yet. It should be coming out soon. Obviously, recording this on the Tuesday. I'm hoping it comes out on the Wednesday, but we'll see. 
I know they've done a few changes where it's been kind of, I think they've boosted up keepers' ability to save outside-the-box shots, especially the finesses, and I think they've kind of nerfed them a bit as far as saving shots that are going in the top corner inside the box. I also think that the interceptions have been buffed a little bit because I know there's been a few cases of the ball bouncing away from players after they win the ball. But overall, I don't think too much has really been changed, but obviously I'll go to you first for this. Do you think enough has been changed early on or do you think it's kind of the right amount for the first kind of patch in the game? Um, if I'm taking it on paper that everything in the patch notes is what will happen, then it looks a decent patch on paper. I always do wonder, like, will it do what I think it should and what else changes? Because it's one of these where you change one piece of code and it affects something else. People always say, oh, well, you can't press well enough. Well, if you press... If the press is made really good, some of the AI become too good. It's a balance act with a lot of things. Um, I'm a bit worried about the finesse shots. If they, I don't know, I'll have to see how they are. But if they're made really bad, the game's already too easy to defend. So if people don't even have to worry about the finesse shots, how easy is it going to be to just park the bus, mark the box? I don't like that the keepers are only being nerfed for top corner shots. They should be nerfed for every shot in the box, in my opinion. They're insane at every type of shot. If I hit a finesse, shot in the bottom corner that should the keeper shouldn't be as good at those um but i'm i don't i like the game in a lot of ways i just think there's a few bugs that kind of kill it a bit um one that i'm really annoyed is not in the patch have you had that thing where you take it you pass and it takes an extra touch yeah i've heard you know, that a few not? times the other i mean the one i know i think you mentioned beforehand as well in another video was the when you fire up a long ball and it only goes five yards as well yeah, yeah. that's another one that's been coming up for me yeah, it happens to me so often. And it's not delay. Like in previous view, you might thought, oh, I've just taken an extra touch and delay. But all the pros are really complaining about right now that you press to pass, it takes an extra touch and then passes it. Which, yeah, if you've got no one on you in your centre-backs, it's fine. But if you're being pressed, I've conceded so many goals where because at the high end of the game, people, if they're losing, just instantly put the team press, constant pressure on. If you have a bug... And they're on top of you where it takes an extra touch before it passes. It just kills you. And you also just can't attack quick around the box when it takes an extra touch and stuff. So I hope that... I do think sometimes they maybe address things that they're too embarrassed to put in the patch notes and admit that was even a bug. Because um, I've definitely seen things get nerfed and changed that they didn't put in the notes before. Um, I, I like the game in a lot of ways, so I, I'm glad it's not a crazy change on paper at least, but... I always think you have to see how the patch actually plays as other things changed. Um, yeah, I'm very interested to see how it will end up. Yeah, that's the one thing. I think every single year, the first patch always seems to change the game a lot. But it feels like this year, the patch is kind of only tweaking a few little things. And obviously, I know this year they can do the what they call the patches on the... I think it's on the, they call it like patches on the fly, where they haven't got to do a massive up, update to put these patches in the game with the new gen stuff. So it should be interesting about how they do that throughout the year. Didn't, I hadn't heard about that. Yeah, there's a new kind of a new thing for them this year, which means they haven't got to have a massive upgrade update each time they want to change something. I think they can change stuff. I thought the issue was Sony and Microsoft yeah. rather than the consoles. Yeah, I can't remember what it was exactly, but I did hear somewhere, I think from the developers, that it's they could change things yeah. fairly quickly compared to previous years. But I don't know whether that's the new kind of what they've done with the game this year or with the new gen consoles, but... We'll have to see if that really changes stuff too much. And I know, Teddy, for you next here, you've had an issue with finesse shots, but Teddy, are you happy that finesse is about to be nerfed? 
please, please <laughs> fix everything. No, I, I, there's what he was saying about not like maybe them doing things that they're too embarrassed to put in. I've been having situations where I pass the ball and it doesn't even switch off the player that I pass the ball with. I don't know if you guys have had that, but that's how you accidentally put the player lock on or. I just press X and it just like, yeah. I've literally had it go straight at the person and it, it just doesn't even switch it. I don't know what that deal is. Um, there's just so much they need to fix. Uh, I know there's one thing. I don't know if it was in the patch. I don't know if you guys have it. I can have my depth at like a hundred, but for some reason, the defenders just fully track back a run and then I'm in my penalty box and I'm just constantly pressing offside trap, trying to, Oh, get my team forward. One I, guy just sits 15 yards further it, back or something. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense why that happens. It, it, I get so mad. I actually scream at the game when my defenders just fly back for no reason. So that's probably one of the biggest things that I want fixed, along with the entire game, honestly. <laughs> to be fair, the one thing I've found is the depth this year doesn't make any sense. I know even myself playing with like 70 depth at times, it feels like I'm playing last year's version with 20 depth it seems very strange i think because i know i think i played it like 80 for one point and at times it felt good and then for some reason whenever you you know whenever you are defending in your half you automatically get put back in your box no matter how high your depth is as well which i guess can be tweaked a little bit but i don't know on that i think a lot of people are having the same kind of thing but for this for this year definitely the depth doesn't seem correct when you do change it or whether it's kind of automatically that you can't push up so high already um but maybe they'll change it i don't know but yeah the depth's been a weird one for me especially this year too and diego for you are you happy with what they've done with the changes here do you think more could be done early on or not uh i prefer in general there needs to be changes but i prefer less than more um i like that they didn't touch um like dribbling and stuff because it's already difficult as an attacking player to try and create chances and what they've done in previous FIFAs is they've nerfed attacking even more. But I think Fineshaw's definitely needed the nerf. Um, what I will say is the 40-yarders, screamers, that stuff needs to stop. That, you know, first time, Salaf. And that, you just, I just got to go down your Twitter and I can see exactly what you've gone through in those high divisions. But I think good players, Fineshaw trait, high shooting, those guys should be able to hit finesses if they're open, you know, right outside the box. I think that that's fair. But I can't see Alan St. Maximin doing that 30 yards out. I can't see these low-rated shooting cards doing that. So if they made it to where the high-tier guys can still hit, you know, right outside the box finesse shots, that's cool. It's defendable. Um, the inside-the-box stuff, I kind of agree with Zelonius. I think they're getting nerfed, but there's still situations where I, I they literally just pull out these crazy saves, and it, it just kind of – it hurts because – you never know, right? They'll still have the animation where they'll get a, a ball shot right at them inside the box. It'll hit their hands. They'll do a little get down on one knee. The ball's just in the back of the net. There's no question. Just like that, you've lost because you go down on the other end and you're playing Spider-Man and he's out here making saves left and right, both legs. So I, hopefully, right, we have to see it play out. But um, from what the notes say themselves, I do like it. I think interceptions are key because they do end up leading to a lot of goals. You defend well right outside the box. They try and do a driven pass into the striker, which you play it off. And usually what happens is it'll go off your defensive mid and it'll go right back to that attacker. And you're basically already lost because now you're out of position there. 
He's still got the attack. Like things are still, it's, it almost feels like nothing changed in the attack. It's a high level tactic that lots of people are genuinely just getting into decent positions. They just hit a driven pass, hit and hope. And more often than not, just lands and you can't defend it then. Exactly. Like, yeah. It'll just... bounce around. The ball's bouncing around the box everywhere because of just the way the passing yeah. interceptions are. Yeah. I, there's some changes that are needed, but despite all that and the struggle I went through this weekend league, I don't know if this is an early thought, but I have a lot of a cheaper team now than I have had in the past few years. I think this year there's more of a skill gap in the sense of I'm beating a lot of these super teams, these really expensive teams that seem to only try and abuse the finesse or, you know, spam over the top uh, through balls or just through balls. I'm, I'm feeling like, I like where the game is. If you're figuring it out with my lesser team, I'm beating a lot of these top teams. Now I'm yet to see the top tier teams that are abusing the mechanics, you know, to the top tier. I'm in division two right now. So I'm assuming once we get to one, it'll get a little bit more difficult, but so far with my cheap team, I've been able to take down plenty of, of super monster teams. Cause I mean, I've just picked up the game and know how to play it better. And I think that is perfect in a game like this. With a lesser team, it should still be very achievable to beat these super teams. And I feel like this year, I still feel that. So hopefully the patch doesn't ruin that in the sense. because I think it could. Yeah. I think that the game right now is not that pay to win. Because one good thing about the patch that we've not mentioned is, you know that issue when they chip through ball and it frees your defender? Oh, yeah. Oh. They're fixing that according to the patch. And I've played a lot of people who literally all they do is sit deep and spam that until they score because it freezes you. But that's a what that's a good thing to get rid of, obviously. But that made the game a bit less pay to win because people could have 90 pace players and do that. I am worried though for the pay to win that when you remove finesse shots, if they are removed, that all of a sudden, like you said about Saint Maximum, I do agree that Messi should hit a finesse shot from 20 yards a lot better than Saint should hit from 30. But right now, you can compete by hitting these finesses with worse players. If the meta goes back to being in the box and having five-star weak foot, five-star skills, you're suddenly very limited to the players you can have. And the really good expensive players like Cruyff, Pele, R9, who are really good, suddenly become a lot more needed. And then the game's really prepared to win again. Whereas right now, you don't need these guys as much. And you also don't really... I don't know it's a big difference between Chiesa and Pele at shooting in the box. Do you know what I mean? So it's not that pay to win right now. I do think this patch could change that a bit though. Yeah. It's an interesting one there. Like I said, it's kind of getting the ideas of different ends of the spectrum too. Again, kind of what really matters in the game as well, especially in attack too, that finesses, if you cannot break down a person, finesses give you the opportunity to score from long range. But if they're gone now and you play someone who can literally play narrow, drop deep, you're kind of screwed, especially this year too, because teams can drop a lot deeper than they have been previously. And it can get so hard to score in a box. And if it isn't changed a lot, then there'll be a lot more nil-nil games than there already are, which is what I'm finding this year, especially games are a lot even nil-nil, 1-1. One, one. They're close, but when you lose to 40-yard finesse, 1-0, and you've done pretty well all game, it can be pretty... I would say frustrating, but I would want to use another word there, but we'll leave that out. I do want to move over to a little market update. I know Teddy's looking forward to this. Teddy, our trader on today's podcast. 
Teddy, for you early on, I know you've done a lot of footbin solution trading. I know that's kind of been your oh, main yeah. thing recently, but it's amazing. What other what other trading methods early on have worked for you apart from that? Obviously, you can speak a bit about footbin solutions too. But what's worked well for you early on in the game? Yeah, I don't want to talk about the footbin solutions too much because, like, I'm assuming a good amount of people know that it's so easy to make coins from a low budget doing that. But I think trading this year might be. If it continues at this trend, it might be extremely easy. And like you guys can literally trade one day, buy cards one day of the week, and then just play the game. And that's it. The thing I've been doing, uh, Saturday seems like the low day on the market because um, people play their weekend league early, all that, especially if there's a promo, all the promo packs being opened. And then um, what usually happens is uh, squad battle rewards comes and the people get coins and the market goes up. So Squad Battle Rewards is also a lot earlier. Usually it was Sunday night. Now it's like Saturday night, Sunday morning. So the market Saturday is the cheapest. And then Sunday it goes, it starts going up right away. Uh, you can do this with gold cards, meta gold cards, just buy them on Saturday. But I think the better play is to pick up the team of the week cards. I've been doing these investments every week and it's ridiculous because they the team of the week cards go out of pack. So instead of golds, when they can continue to drop, the team of the week cards usually don't. For example, I bought, Serginho Dest at 15k team of the week two he went up to 32k but then Titi came out so that's a tricky one but another one Nkunku got him for about 25k I think he's pushing 50k now Zakaria I bought at 45 he's pushing 60 I did the same thing with this team of the week Saturday it's the day to buy um whatever his name is Tucha I call him Choo Choo the French center midfielder many, call yeah, him. yeah yeah that guy uh, French center midfielder. I bought him at 11 K on Saturday. It took me 15 minutes before I went to a haunted house with my family. I bought them all at 11 K. The man last time I checked, he's pushing almost 18,000 yeah, coins. 17, 18K or so earlier. It's been like, I bought them Saturday. It's what, two, three days. It's really easy. Just buy cards on Saturday. That's it. And then sell Thursday, Friday, and you make a ton of coins and just keep doing that every week. And you can just play the game and make coins on the side. I think I'm making like 700 K off of choo choo alone this week. And that's like the only trade I made. It's easy. I'll have to try and pick up a few the next Saturday. Also Teddy as well, anything this year that's maybe harder to do uh, than in previous years as well in regards to trading or do you think it's fairly the same this year? There are some things that are different. I know sniping. I think a few trading discords are like giving sniping bots out. If you like pay for it or whatever, there are bots everywhere. You can't win. I don't know if you guys have tried sniping anything, but it's impossible. They're gone like instantly. I, I was getting, I was getting mad today on stream. I missed like probably two mil profit on icons. They were gone like that so quick. Um, but I, I think another thing that I should mention that I guess might, I don't know if you'd say hard, but I get this question every day. Fodder. Should I buy fodder? Should I buy this guy's fodder? I think one thing people don't understand is the the power that preview packs have because everyone's like, oh my God, fodder is way cheaper than other years. But if you look at preview packs, I think Happy Quinn on Twitter, he, he put a tweet out. Uh, so many players are on this game. And if they just go on to the game and open their 7.5K preview pack, there's, there's a good chance that you're going to get, I don't know, pack weight or whatever is a bit higher this year, but there's a lot more higher rated players being packed. There is so much supply on fodder. It, it should be way less than past years. It's, it's just how it is. So fodder, 
everyone asked me, should I buy it? Should I buy it? You're going to be holding for a good amount of time. I wouldn't worry about buying fodder until maybe one week into the Halloween promo, maybe a little, a little before that. Yeah. That's one thing I was about to go into as well. When you think the market will fully come alive, I guess for fodder and everything. Cause I know again, I I'm far from a trader, but again, it's all the same thing as people are, oh, well, I picked up like a hundred of these 84s and 85s. Um, cause I go up, but again, like I said there, which is a great reason why it's so low is again, a lot of supply this year and especially early on there's nothing to really put these guys into but teddy for you again i know you kind of said that said then but how long you think fodder will how how long you think it'll be until fodder properly gets to a, a sellable point i'd have to look into when like the guaranteed whatever it was those spcs when you get like a party bag from a once to watch or a halloween player but I do think they'll go up whenever that sort of SBC comes out. I don't think player SBCs too much are going to really push fodder. I know player of the month Ronaldo it went up for like 30 minutes, but then so many people are in it and there's so much supply. It just, it falls so fast. It's going to be interesting. We're going to need some really nice either casino, like party bag sort of SBC or something repeatable that's going to push them up because there's so so much investment it's crazy because every it's it's the question I get all the time. It's probably everyone on TikTok, all those TikTokers like, oh my God, go buy, go buy fodder. You're gonna triple your coins. <laughs> You're gonna be holding for so long at this point. Just don't don't touch it. Just do the team of the weeks for a couple weeks or so and then maybe think about fodder. Yeah, that's the one thing too. Again, I think everyone knows that at some point fodder will go up. But the issue is, I think, because it seems like every single year, the amount of traders or wannabe traders in the community doubles and triples every single year. And even more so this year, everyone's like, all right, fodder. I know fodder will go up. I'll buy fodder. And I, I, it feels like nearly everyone has some kind of fodder investment in the club, which you might as well just keep it for yourself to use yourself when you're going to need it anyway. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how long it takes. But like you said there, it's going to be probably a while. And it's, you don't know when. It's all in EA's hands. They know when they can kind of release these casino ones, these like SPCs where it's like a guarantee one, but who knows? And again, like I said, it's risky and it, it's a long old wait. So we'll have to wait and see there. I do want to go over some listener questions here to kind of finish you up. First one here is from Shortstack. He said, who's been your favorite player to use so far and who's been the best player you've used? Diego, I want to go to you first this one. Who's your favorite player you've used so far and who's been the best player you've used so far? So my favorite player I've used this year is probably Frankie Dion. Uh, I, I love the fact that I can do anything I want in the midfield with him. Uh, Holding-wise, really good defensively, and he can get forward too this year. He's been my favorite player. I think the best player I've used this year is players I've used in draft, but it's a tie. As an attacker, Messi, I think, with the way dribbling works this year and using L1, R1, it just feels so realistic, just – how quickly you can accelerate and change your paces, uh, you know, the pace. So I think Messi's an attacker. And then as a defender, he's been hyped up since day one. I finally got to use him. I think Kempembe is just an insane center back. I don't get weak animations with him. He seems to get his foot onto something. His positioning is really good as well. And he's really fast, I think. The hype about, you know, people using Marquinhos, I always say half the price is Kempembe. Just go with him. I think best center back so far that I've used this year for sure. Sounds good. Zelonius, for you, favorite player and the best player you used this year? 
Can I go for each position or is that greedy? Because I've used a lot of players. I know you put a little cheeky tweet out early. Go on. Go on. I'll give you each position if you want. Yeah. I won't go like left back. So left <laughs> right. I'm not like that. But So at the low end, because I've, I've spent about half of my time on a pay-to-win account on a roast score, I think people probably would be interested in hearing both ends. On the cheap end, all keepers are pretty good. Then there's just some who are a bit better, so I'll get to them. Centre-back, I really like Koulibaly and Scrinra in Serie A. Serie A is really good for a starter team. Those are both like top-end I found. Um, I really like Chiesa, um, the Juve player. He feels really good in the game. And then I really like Zielinski. He's probably the best value player in the game. He's like, he's basically a budget KDB. He's got four-star skills, five-star weak foot, really good knit finesses on both feet. He's got decent long shooting. And then at the more expensive end, my favourite player I've used, Cruyff. He's just insane, can do absolutely everything, but he's three and a half mil, should be insane. Um, Ginola's crazy value. And when I say crazy value, yeah, hardly anyone can afford him. But if you compare his five-star, five-star card of all his stats to the other icons and players, he's really affordable compared to some of the other ones with great links. Um, Donnarumma's a great net. I, I've used Kimpembe and Marquinhos, and I agree with what Diego said about Kimpembe. I, do re- I like him. I think Marquinhos is just that little bit better because the defending stats. I actually do think you really notice defending stats this year. One thing that people keep asking when they see me playing stream is, why are you using a left back at centre back? Because I'm using, you know, that baby Maldini. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've they've said that you can't use full backs at centre back this year. I've seen some content creators and coaches say that they agree with that. It just isn't true. This baby Maldini has 69 aggression, but he's the best centre back I've used comfortably. He's, he's insane, and he's playing at centre back off Kem. Um, and then I love. Lorente. Lorente is the third best midfielder in the game, in my opinion. And I mean that including icons. I go Hullet, Zidane, Lorente, and I would put him ahead of Vieira. Like people probably like, what are you on about? But if you play against him, you will know how annoying he is. He's absolutely horrible to play against because he's with a shadow, he's basically got 99 pace. He's got good weak foot. He can shoot. He can hit the finesses, he's strong, he's good on the ball, he can pass. I don't really see any other cards that can do what he can for the most part. He's quicker than any of the icon midfielders. And then the attackers, it's all the same ones, Messi, Mbappe. But Lorente would be like my best value elite player that I'd recommend to anyone. It's just how would you link him in, I guess, but he is insane. Yeah, no, he's. Uh, I played against him a few times. He feels like he's everywhere. I think he's like a, I mean, for me, a taller version of Kante, but gets around the field a lot quicker as well. But yeah, Laurenti's had a massive buff this year and he seems pretty incredible. And Teddy, for you, who would you say has been your favourite player and your best player you've used so far this year? For me, my favourite player is probably Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I freaking love that man. Uh, He's really just a super sub, but I've been working on free kicks lately. uh, Skill moves as well. I love it. He's got five-star skills, but I'm working on free kicks. It's just fun hitting a free kick with Zlatan. I just absolutely rip it i've learned like the knuckleball the curved knuckle it's pretty fun but um my best player it's probably inform Vinny. he's i have so much fun using that card as well i'm obsessed with him his dribbling is just disgusting shooting i, I can't even i can't even rate shooting on anyone though so 
honestly, I can't give an opinion there because <laughs> who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens with this patch. I can't shoot anyway. I can't score with Lewandowski. I can't score with Vinicius Jr. But I bet if I green time a shot from 30 yards out with Kimpembe, it'll go in. So I, I can't really give opinions on shooting. Yeah, at when, all. when you can start scoring, you can probably say he's good at shooting as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll come back whenever I'm next. I'll let you know if I can score. Uh, another question here from John is, which of the top five leagues do you do guess feel is the strongest option currently? Basically, value per coin, if not running hybrids. Teddy, go to you first on this one here, though. Which of the top five leagues do you think is kind of best value for money right now? Good question. I mean, Ligun has Choo Choo and has Renato and has got uh, Ben Chetta. I think Ligoon's pretty sick, and, and it's a league that you can build on. Um, another league, which hybrid-wise, I think Bundesliga has a really, really, really good uh, defensive side to it. And I think attacking-wise, it might be lacking a little bit. I mean, you got Holland. I used him. I felt like I was moving a freight train. He was a full-on truck. Lewandowski can't score. Uh, I think attacking wise, they might be lacking. But defensive, if you want a hybrid, just toss. You got Oop Meccano, you got LaCroix. There, there's so many, just either somewhat higher budget, I guess, 30, 40K area, or even the low end. I think St. Juice has dropped a ton in price. There's so many options in the Bundesliga for the defensive side. And uh, Diego, for you next. Diego, I know you went with Bundesliga to begin with as well. Would you say Bundesliga is probably the best fight for money early on or not? um backline i would say so but if we're looking at the question of no hybrids i actually think la liga would be the best coin value um i think that a lot of people are using that serginho card even gold serginho is usable for a lot of people in terms of the fullbacks um i think in center back i'm seeing militao militao is, is phenomenal in this game uh militao Alaba gets the job done too. I see people using Alaba as a center defensive mid in game as well with the dribbling, um, the midfield, right. Phenomenal. It's really good value because they're almost the best and they're the best in the league and they're not 200, 300 K cards, right. Uh, Llorente, Frankie De Jong, and then the cheap beasts. Uh, I use, I want to draft with Carrasco, AJ Morales, uh, Correa, these guys are pacey and they've got high dribbling. And that really seems to, you kind of notice that this year, like you can tell the better players from worse, but it's like those key stats that really stand out this year because of how different the gameplay is on next gen. Um, I think La Liga has got it, you know, settled to Dembele, right? These cards aren't too expensive, but they're also not like cheap. So I think value wise, you get the best out of it with Dembele, Correa. Uh, if you like Joao Felix, Memphis Depay, like you have plenty of options there. And the midfield, Llorente, Rodrigo DePaul, De Jong, uh, Carrasco, Hazard. Like, I think all these guys are just in that same budget that I think, honestly, a weeks of rivals, squad battles, and champs rewards can get you a full La Liga squad, honestly. Yeah, the I mean, the rewards this year, maybe they've been nerfed a little bit, but especially early on, in fact, a lot of these, at least kind of mid-tier cards, are very achievable if you play the game at least for one or two weeks to get the coins there. I mean, La Liga, yeah, is a great option, especially I used Carrasco early on, very good Correa too. I know you, you mentioned Felix as well, using this past week, and yeah, La Liga has some good cheap guys. I feel like La Liga's probably, would say, a bit more expensive than Bundesliga, but the players are a lot better. Um, mm. But yeah, I think the only issue is kind of getting past that kind of mid-tier. La Liga hasn't got that, like, one stand-up player this year, apart from probably like a Vinny in form, which is a little bit tough to kind of go from after that. 
And Zell, for you, I know you mentioned a league already, and I feel like everyone's chosen a different league here, but I think I'm going to guess what you're going for here, but Zell, what do you think is the best value for, value for Collins League to begin with? Personally, I don't think there's much of a debate on this, <laughs> independent in the sense of you can get the best possible Serie A team for under 100k, which is crazy. Long term, it depends what the debate is. Is it just like really cheap start? And then you are forced to hybrid. Whereas Bundesliga is brilliant for defence and is easily the best defence, like Teddy, I think Diego said as well. But the attack and midfield after Goretzka is just so limited. So Bundesliga, I wouldn't really be doing that unless it's defence. Um, I think La Liga and Serie A are very good on the cheaper end. La Liga is just a bit more expensive. Um, the French league, the problem you've got with it is the gap. The gap between... Ben Yedder, who is very good to Mbappe, Messi, Neymar is crazy. Um, but yeah, I'd say Serie A definitely. You can get the best team in the game for 100k. Koulibaly and Skrinrab, nobody mentions them as the best gold centre-backs, but they're top five centre-backs. It's just no one uses that league. But they both have 81 pace this year. Very good defenders, so that's very strong. You can get a real... If you only have 100k, then Serie A is the best league to start with. It's just the hybrid and long term is a bit more of an issue. Yeah, that's the only thing. And I think that's the main issue of people who go to Serie A is that the fact that Koulibaly and whatever, they're hard to kind of link in a team. I know you can probably get Manolas in there too, but again, Serie A's limited with their fullbacks. I think you've got Spinozola, and then Quadrado, I know. They've got Lazari too. And I think the other one is Di Lorenzo too from Napoli. But again, definitely a lot of these are hard to kind of hybrid out of, which I feel like everyone wants to run a hybrid, especially early on. I feel like everyone wants to do that. They don't want to stick with one league. But... I mean, hybrids are cool, but yeah, especially early on, it's a little bit easier to go with the league. But I would agree that too with Serie A. I went there early on, but yeah, it's just hard to keep building from that initial start because again, I feel like getting a team, a half-decent team early on is fairly easy. It's just getting to the next level. Again, like uh, from Abenyeda to the next level or say in Bundesliga, you've got Goretzka, maybe you've got like a Kimmich alongside him, but in the attack especially, you've got Haaland, Lewandowski. Apart from that, you're somewhat limited. And I think Prem really is the only league that gives you multiple options in each position. Yes, it's expensive, but again, each week you may pick one one or two players you want to improve or change in the team. But yeah, Prem is kind of, I think everyone will go Prem at some point and it always happens. But yeah, early on, Prem is way too pricey for what it is. We are going to wrap things up there though. We're going to go through our guests and where you can find them. Diego, go to you first. So Diego, where can people find you? Uh, so you guys can find me uh, on Twitch and TikTok at SimplyDGR. Uh, right now, our times on Twitch are kind of all over the place because we're on a stream streak right now. We're trying to hit 30 days in a row. So, I mean, we're kind of working around things like that. But uh, depending on how that goes, usual schedule is Wednesday through Sunday, usually around 3 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. UK, go anywhere from three to six hours usually. Um, but those are the main two. Yeah, uh, TikTok. Twitch, and I don't think I'm missing any. Nah, yeah, that's main main two that we're using right now, yep. Teddy, where can people find you? I'm on pretty much all platforms. Uh, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, TikTok, Discord. I, I don't know. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> Gmail, something. Uh, Teddy127, all platforms. If you want trading tips, those Team of the Week ones, every Saturday gets posted in Discord. I'll try on Twitter, but YouTube, it's out. TikTok, it's out. It's really easy. Teddy127. And Teddy, Probably. what's your schedule too? Uh, 
every day, pretty much. I'm live at content, trying to do content trades. So every day I'm live. <laughs> Sounds good. And Zell, where can people find you? Uh, Zelonius on Twitter. Zelonius92 on Twitch. Still trying to get that Zelonius. I don't know. <laughs> guys never used it. And Zelonius on YouTube. And Zell, have you got a schedule right now for streams or is it pending still? Great question. Um, it's, I always say I'll get one, but I never do. But I stream basically most evenings, maybe early, af- late afternoon, even in the evenings UK time. For now, appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. Yeah.